Good morning, everyone in She Podcasters Land. That was awkward. I'm Jessica Kupferman with me as always. Uh, the lovely and graceful Elsie Escobar and our producer, John Jamingo. Hi, John. You know, I was told that now that you, I'm known as on the She Podcast as John Jamingo, that it hurts my brand. I said, I have a brand? John Jamingo is your brand. <laughs> so I have to change my brand to John Jamingo. Okay. Obviously. Hi, Elsie. Long time no see. I know. We were just together. Oh, my God. For so long. Oh, my God. That's the longest we've ever spent together. And yes. we must really like each other because I did not get sick of you. Did you get sick of me? No, not at all. If anything, I, I felt could like, use more Elsie. That's right. I always felt like, where's Jess? Where's yeah, Jess? me too. Unless, until I was sleeping and eat, and having my smoothies. <laughs> and then I didn't go, where's Jess? I was worried about the party, the big Saturday night, like extrovert fest. I was very uh-huh. worried that Elsie was going to be miserable. <laughs> and like I kept peeking in to see if she was okay or not having a good time or tired. And from looking at social media, she was not. No need to worry about her. She was not tired. <laughs> Nor was she sad. She was in full form crown of blinking flowers on her head and dancing like no one was watching even though <laughs> everyone was watching <laughs> if i could get that video wow how come you've never done that at any other conference because boys i find that hard to believe yeah because of boys no that can't be right well you know what it is too jess honestly it's because when I go to these conf, okay, you know how I didn't want to sit next to you when we were flying to like you know La- Las Vegas because because you know the rules for yes, the first time that's you know true. And I, I didn't know want where to- you're going okay. with this yes all right when I go to conferences you're I'm working. at work right I'm working and it's your job and, to and it's yeah and it's my job and it feels the day. yeah. And when I finish being on the floor, I go into my room to do work. Like I have, I have social media stuff. I have to prepare for the next day. We have to be, you know, we have speaking things. Like it's, it's a job. It's a job. And so it is a job. Um, I will go to like a party and have a drink to, for, to be on the job. Meaning I am making an appearance because I am at a conference. I am here and representing Libsyn and I am here on my company's dime and this is my job. Right. That makes and sense. And so she podcast was not my job. I mean, it was my job, but I mean, my job was to be to do what I did. Your job was to be social. And you exactly. did very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> you were, in fact, a professional, a full professional <laughs> at having a good time. <laughs> I was so impressed. That's my favorite video ever is Elsie. <laughs> First, she looks like she's like Jimi Hendrix on the guitar, her arms waving wildly. And then and then she starts getting funky. And I don't even know what's happening. It's like part break dance and part bee in her shorts. Like, I can't even tell. It's like it's part break dance and part like, you know, fairy dancing like you would see in like one of those like the like hippie dead show. conferences yeah. things. Like, a, like, like a go in the woods. Show. Yes, it was very much that. It was amazing. And also her hair fully in her face like Cousin It. Can't see her whatsoever. (laughs) Just a ball of hair on her 
shoulders. It was amazing. And sparkly lights on my head. Oh, my God. So great. If I could get some Grateful Dead music and line up Elsie dancing to Grateful Dead music. That would be hilarious. That would it be would look great. like she was fully tripping on acid, though. It would I know, like right? She was tripping. And I was totally, I was not totally sober. No. No, we but I was not home. high. <laughs> no, not nothing close to being high for sure. No, but yeah, that was super fun. Tara McMullen sent something this morning. She sent an email about managing anxiety as a business owner. Yeah, I was so glad she wrote it because because she wrote like, you know, that she was like she showed up at the conference and she was like kind of like nervous about going out to the party, even though she felt somewhat obligated. And like she sees her friend who's an extrovert and she thinks, OK, I'm going to be safe because I'm sta- I'm going to be with her. And then the person's next to the DJ. So she's like, oh, shit. So she has to go over and be introduced to Harry. And then they like have to sit and talk and like, you know, she's exhausted and it's tiring. And then she goes back to her room. and She realizes she has to do the whole fucking thing tomorrow. And I was like. My God, this is it. <laughs> yeah. My God, she has nailed it all week. I've been trying to figure out, like, during all of those moments when people were congratulating me and happy for me and asking me how I feel and asking me if I was elated, that was what I was feeling. It's the anxiety. It, like, like it does not diminish the accomplishment in its own right, but it does get in the way of enjoying it in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think like, not depression, but definitely the anxiety was making me, I wasn't like in my skin, like nervous and horrified. I was just uncomfortable a lot of it. And I think, I think she kind of nailed why I was I, all week. I've been like, the hell's wrong with me? Am I really this dead inside? Do I just have no joy whatsoever? And it's like, that's not. I think she nailed it. It's just because I I am anxious and it is not a good place for the anxious, I think. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean I didn't have fun. I did. I had fun a lot of the time, but it was also some of it was very anxiety inducing. Well, don't you you felt responsible for everybody else's fun also? Yes, but they were clearly having fun. Like, I didn't really have to feel that worried about them. <laughs> they were like, and I knew when we, I told you guys when we got there, I knew that if we had no electricity in the hotel, they would just go out in the street and have a good time. Like, that's just who they are. But it was really more like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing something else? If I'm talking, if I'm with Elsie, should I not be with Elsie? Should oh, I be, yeah. should I be down with the sponsors? Should I be watching speakers? Should I be taking pictures? Should I be sleeping? I'm very tired. Like, right. it was a lot of like, what am I supposed to be doing? And then I would ask Chris and he would be like, well, look, I'm doing the the fixing of problems so you can enjoy it. And I was like, OK, I guess I'll go enjoy it. Like, but <laughs> like it never yeah. really, you know. Well, it's your first time, just like when you first podcast, when you get behind the mic and you open up the mic and you hear your breath in your headphones and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. And you start talking and then you get that tightness in your chest because you have that anxiety because you're talking. Now, for see, the first that's time. the only time I wasn't anxious. Yeah, exactly. Why? Because you do it all the time. But this conference was your first. Well, this conference was your first time. She podcast three. She podcast four. You won't have that anymore. I guess you podcast three. (laughs) No, and first of all, let's let's just bring it back just a moment and say that. Hi, you know, it's Elsie and Jess, and we're talking about She Podcast Live, the very first She Podcast Live oh that God. happened just Sorry. last week. Should I have so that's saved what... that for later? <laughs> that's John, what we're talking about right now. can you cut this part out and put it in later? No. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Hi, thank you guys so much for coming. Yeah. Wasn't it fun? We had a great time. 
Did I ruin it? No. <laughs> I ruined it. No. I'm just but- trying to be honest. Be- Listen, it wouldn't have started that way if I hadn't gotten this email like seconds before I was about to start recording. No, but I did. And it's just what was on my mind. That's all. And it's like, no, but it's absolutely true. I think that w- that's one of the hardest things that I, I, I mean, I didn't really truly get to the place of sort of letting go until that, until Saturday. Until Saturday night. Which, is, and you left which Sunday. was like embodied. It was an embodied experience at that time. But it honestly was like, I was exactly like you because it was was like all of I think you and I are are pretty much the same that we we don't really ever have a time where we don't have something that we have to do whether it's family related or whether it's business related or whatever related right there's not a time that we don't have to do something yeah and then when we do have like a little bit of off time we really haven't gotten the... I don't the, know what to do with myself. Right. We don't know what to do with ourselves. And I think that that takes... It takes time. I don't think that that's anything that's... There's, I, I'm sure everybody feels that way. But here was the hardest part is the fact that our job was to have fun. Yeah. That is a new one, and, isn't it? Yeah. And so it's like, all right, my job is to now have fun. And so I'm thinking I got to do that right. Because it's my job, right? You did, and so then I'm like, "How do I do that?" (laughs) No, but don't worry about that anymore. People were constantly coming up to me and saying the same thing, like when when they saw us. Aren't you so excited? How do you feel? And I was like, "I don't fucking know. I don't. I feel overwhelmed. Yeah, overwhelmed, and I did not feel well. I was not happy. I was not feeling joyful. I was not feeling." Yay! Like, I was feeling, like, anxious. I hope it goes and well. And responsible for all the, everything, even though it wasn't my responsibility. Well. And not knowing, like, the, the unknown part of it. Like, yeah. it, it was like when people at the first party, the opening party, the Stitcher party, when they came up and they were like, aren't you so excited? I, was actually I mean, a fun how party. are you feeling? And I was like, this is like... Before the event starts. Yeah. Yeah. It's like rehearsal dinner, but 500 people. Right. And I don't know why. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. How am I supposed to be happy that was, about that? It's actually scary, but the cheese was delicious. <laughs> so you, you know something that I, I just realized about the, this conference that was so much different than any other conference is that the people running the conference aren't the celebrity of the conference where you two people were coming to see you two. At a conference, like if you go to yeah. Podfest, no one is really sorry. No, he does get it. I asked him. <laughs> okay. No, I asked him. He was running. No, you're right. Um, there is an element of celebrity that Elsie and I have that he doesn't necessarily have, which I did ask him. I was like, does this happen to you at your shows? He was like, yes and no. I have other people running my show so that I can be more the mayor. And he did set me up to do like he was right. He was handling all the fires. Some I didn't even know about until like two days ago oh so that God. you and I could be in front of the people. Right. You know, he was like, yeah, they do try and find me and they do try to, you know, say hi and tell me they're excited, which is great. He was like, but. It's a whole nother level with with she and I, which is fine. And I mean, he, and he enjoyed being behind the scenes for once. He's like, I I finally feel productive because mm. I don't have people stopping me. He was like, I, I'm like the invisible man running the show. It's like the, he was like in his element. He was so happy. Right. But meanwhile, I kept at like he would text me. You got to get these people out of here. Like an hour later, I would see it. <laughs> oh, no. 
And I'd be like, shit, sorry. <laughs> well, that again, you can't, he should send somebody to you to tell you that message. Who's oh, going to be looking God. at your phone? I couldn't. Yeah. I, <laughs> there, that happened a lot, though. He would text me with an emergency and I wouldn't see it for like hours. But again, like I follow a lot of podcasters. I follow a lot of female podcasters and like Instagram was exploded with She Podcast Live. Yeah. yeah. So I was seeing that everything. That was great. And everything was like, oh, here's an Elsie sighting or who? Here's Jess. And, you mm-hmm. know, there's so but you don't see that like in podcast movement. Like, oh, there's Jared. Oh, there's Dan. No, and, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Ooh, there's Dan. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Hey, look. <laughs> Dan's dancing. No, Ooh. no one does that. You know what I mean? Actually, so, I did see Jared dance at the party in Philly, and he's quite the he's quite the mover. He can cut a said. rug. He can cut a bit ah, of a look rug. Look at him. Yeah, yeah. He could shake a bad leg, as he's we said smooth. back in the day. Smooth. He's he's smooth. smooth. Well, good, good. He's smooth. No, um, that part was great. I mean, Chris handled a lot of stuff that I didn't know needed to be handled. Maybe I'll never know needed to be handled. Um, right. But I think that's okay. That part was good, actually. Yeah, there, that's part of it. My favorite part, I think, of the event was opening the show that was fun and saying hi mm-hmm. like there's a little video that someone took on instagram of me going hi and everyone went hi like <laughs> <laughs> they're like so excited and i was like i'm gonna keep that forever i think it's robin <laughs> sales because i just that's the first thing i said i was like hi and they were like hi <laughs> that's amazing did that throw you? No, I got to find it because it's so funny. No, it didn't throw me. I was excited to hear the fr- from them and yeah. I was excited to get started. And actually, the part I'm loving right now is seeing everyone's pictures. Yeah, that's amazing. So far, that's my favorite part. I've been screenshotting my, like crazy just trying to get everyone's pictures and, and seeing them speak like gorgeous pictures of Katie speaking and Erica speaking and panels of women of all different like backgrounds. And like I'm really enjoying seeing the things I didn't see when I was there. So far, that's my favorite part is like. I feel a little bit now that I've been everywhere, which I felt, you know, there was all this anxiety of being everywhere when I was there. Now that it's over, I can see it all. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, that part's yeah. cool. Yeah. So we got to see, I think that the pictures are giving you insight into everybody else's experience, the stuff that we didn't see yeah. when we were there. Like yeah. we were like stuck in one place or stuck in another place, or we experienced a little bit of a like a little bit of a silo within the entire area. Mm-hmm. And then, but the other things that I'm noticing is like, oh my God, she was there? Like, there's so many people yes, who I'm like, I didn't I even know she was see. there. I yeah. wanted to meet her or I wanted to talk Me to too. her or all of that stuff. And I had zero idea. And then I think like, why didn't they come and talk to me? And then I thought, well, that was probably a hard thing to do. <laughs> you know, it was pretty uh, fantastic experience. Like after, like, again, it took me till I think on Sunday, then everything was like, even more settled down. And I was able to like, kind of just enjoy being there and walking around because I, I in all honesty, Jess, I think part of it was the anxiety and the other part of it, it was guilt. Mm. because I I had never been like I think the first time that I went into the show floor I felt like a complete fish out of water it was like Why? I do not know how to behave now <laughs> like because usually you weren't working because I wasn't working and so usually awesome. I have the booth yeah. and so I go to the booth and my the booth is my job and I just stand there and I welcome people and I talk to people but walking down the the halls and then like not having an anchor was incredibly scary for me like mm-hmm. not having the ability for me to just turn around and and go somewhere else so I felt very uncomfortable and yes 
totally anxious, um, totally like, I don't even know how politicians do it. You know, when they walk around and they're like, hi, nice to meet you and shaking hands. Like I'm like, oh my God, that's like, I guess you just get used to the fact that that's your job, right? And I just kept walking going, now I have to go talk to the people. <laughs> yeah, I found it though. You want to so hear like, it, John? Oh my God. Ready? Sure. No. Here we go. Hi. Whoa. <laughs> It's the best. Anyway, sorry. So cute. So awesome. But Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Yeah, you like didn't know what to... Yeah, it's like... Kind of like what I was saying. Like, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be doing. I was just sure that I wasn't doing it. (laughs) Right. And then you think like, I'm sure I'm messing up. I'm sure... I did something I wasn't supposed to. I'm sure that I, somebody's going to say, why is Elsie over there? She should be over here. Like, I just had all of these voices in my head that I was supposed to be doing other things. Yeah. Insecurity, I guess. And I missed no, it. Yeah. Whatever that was. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, I think that home base ended up being like the, what is that place where the, the registration table? Yeah. Where it was like, okay, I think I'm just going to go over there now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm just going to be there. I think we did it right, whatever it was. I'm pretty okay. sure we did it right. I didn't hear any complaints. No, that's true. I didn't either. I also did keep a mental note of all the things I didn't get to do this time, like the fitness marshal. I still don't think he would be fun. Oh, my God. That would have been fun. Yeah. Or like, you know, there's some other, I don't know, just other things. I don't know that that's my favorite venue. And it doesn't matter because I don't know if we can go back there because so far they don't have the dates we want. So we're still bidding out hotels. People are asking me, like, when are you going to open the tickets? And believe me, I would like to open them today, but I don't know where it's going to be yet or when. So I'm still working it out. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll figure it out, I guess. I did love having all my friends in one place. That was pretty cool. Not all of them. That was pretty cool. But yeah. So all of our friends, all of the people that have worked with us got Mm -hmm. to meet each other. Yes. And then. That part was cool. Yeah, so that I think that was pretty huge. Uh, and I think for me, one of the biggest things was being able to see the women that I mentor there and the fact that they were so confident and so in their element and being able to take the stage and being able to speak and being able to take the seat of experts. Mm-hmm. That to me was like... What I what I wanted like that that was I just I'm I'm like yes 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 this is what like and I think that that's what she podcast reflects back to me is that the opportunities that were given to women that had never taken the stage before that were absolutely one hundred percent capable and had the wisdom they were like there was nothing that was impeding them from taking the stage and it was either imposter syndrome or not ever given the opportunity to do so right, and exactly having them take those stages blowing it out of the water making sure that everything was focused and clear and the confidence and all of that stuff to me was like worth everything just worth everything to see them shine that way so that's so something good. that i hope and think will change with other conferences john is that this was a conference of 130 women almost half of which were women of color, LGBTQ or both. And I kind of feel like there's no excuse for having majority male speakers anymore. Like, and even Chris, who I adore and love, we were having this conversation and he was like, you know, in his defense, he was like, well, 
I always have Dave Jackson because people love Dave Jackson. And and I overheard him at the conference saying, you know, we're going to have Rob Walsh because we always have Rob Walsh as a key. He's the best. And I was like, right, he's the best. But we've heard from him, though. Like you're, what you're doing is never giving a woman a chance in that white man's role. You're never giving a person of color. You're never giving anyone else a chance to shine. You already know they can shine. They know they can shine. When the the reason this whole thing happens is because event planners think like this, like don't fix it if it's not broken. But it is broken. That's the point of fixing it. It is broken. Well, again, I agree with you. And when you take in spotlight women in this situation, that gives them something to build on to be a speaker at another conference. Right. So let's say tomorrow John wanted to go out and start a podcast conference for whatever. I got hit in the head. And um, I was concussed and I wanted to start a podcast conference. <laughs> I would try to get people that would draw people in to buy tickets. So you want to go to get the big people. What you're doing right now is you're I elevating mean, that's women. True. Rob Walsh and Dave Jackson, buy t- you, they do inspire ticket buying. They put asses in the seats. But so what? I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that that's probably one of the reasons why that happens. Your conference now has elevated women that normally wouldn't get that chance. And now that they have a speaking engagement under their belt and other people like uh, Chris see them, then then they say, oh, you know what? She should speak at my conference. I don't know that that's registered. And here's the problem I'm noticing with men. And we can just totally change the subject a tiny bit to Squadcast because today or was it today or yesterday they announced they announced their advisory board and they were excited to have a, such a diverse lineup. And the only, I mean, they did say like, you know, there were a couple men of color there, but I think they're wrong. And it was only Pat Flynn. I don't believe Harry Duran is a man of color. Yes, he is, dude. He's a Salvi. He's from El Salvador. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he was just from, uh, yeah. Well, he always says he's from Brooklyn. What the fuck do I know? I just assumed he was a white dude from Brooklyn. No, dude. Okay, well, I didn't know that. Okay, so two. But no women. No women on the board whatsoever. And coming off the heels of She Podcast, that was probably not their best decision because <laughs> they're right. being fully skewered both on Twitter and in our group. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to stick up for, you know, and actually Chris did something earlier this week, too. He did something where, like, he was announcing his first speakers or doing something and he and it was all white guys on the panel or on the whatever he advertised was all white guys. And I was like, how can you do this after you just helped me with my event? It was like he wasn't even there. And he wrote back, that's amazing feedback. Thank you. But like, I think men like this, like Zach Moreno and Chris Kremitzos, like guys who are good guys, mm-hmm. I think they take for granted their own good intentions. And because of that, they don't go out of their way to think differently because they feel like they've already got it covered since they're not dicks. Does that make sense? Like that guy who ran the panel podcast movement that got a lot of crap for the way that he ran the panel. Same thing. He's a really good guy and really for, you know, a feminist and the whole thing. And I think they think, well, because I support women and I'm not racist and I'm not homophobic, I don't have to worry about what I do or say. And the same goes for the Squadcast guys and the same goes for Chris. They're not concerned with themselves. Therefore, they feel they can just announce a panel full of men because they know in their heads, like, we support women. I'm not saying it's right. There's a lot of women with podcast production companies. There's a lot of women who have been in podcasting for a long time. I mean, the CEO of Libsyn, for example, Sarah Van Mosel. A board is somebody that's going to help you sell product. 
It, a board is somebody that's going to help you craft your brand. A board is going to have is is the one that's going to help you start the communications with the people that are using it, and not acknowledging the fact that there is an incredible amount of women right now that need a solution for Squadcast. Yes. They need that solution 100%. And to not have one person that reflects back to them who they are is a massive loss for a business. That, that's just the a massive The whole reason loss. for our group is because women end up podcasting a little bit differently than men. So what do you do? Make a panel of all men to advise right. you on your product? How about one chick to be like, women can't use this because they don't have a studio or women can't use this because they're constantly being interrupted or women can't use this because they're not, it's not, it's too technical or women can't use, you know, any, literally any woman would be able to represent the women of podcasts. It doesn't have to be me and Elsie. We're not any more qualified than any other woman you've ever edited for. And also, this is the biggest commentary that I'm going to have, not only for, you know, for the people that we love, like, you know, uh, uh, like Chris from PodFest and for Squadcast or anybody else that's doing things or any man that's leading a panel at any time, particularly when you are offered a position like this, where you say you're like, hey, would you like to be part of my advisory board? And this is actually going specifically over to to like Jordan and Pat Flynn and Harry Duran, who I know. And I think that they're again, they're all really great guys. But this is actually directed specifically to them, where now because they have such high influence in the space, their profile is huge and they get offered to do these things all the time. So the next time either of you three get offered this massive opportunity. My next thing would be to ask them, to ask whoever offered them, who else is in this panel? Who else is in the advisory board? Can I see a name of that? And then you either bow out and offer another woman's name or you say, I'm so sorry, I'm not going to be able to be part of this advisory board unless you have at least, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, two women in the panel. And then you just say that and say, thank you so much. And I have a couple of names, so-and-so and so-and-so. Because now it's really not up to us anymore. I mean, as much as we do, we've been doing it. We're not going to stop. But the way that it's going to change is for you guys that are in power positions to be able to turn around and say, hey, did you notice that it's all these guys? I've got like these incredible women that have been working with me that have helped me that here, Try these ladies out. And I challenge you all not to just use Jess and I because we are not everybody. No, there we're not even anybody. There are an insane amount of people Especially who are me. Mo- it's like a qual- highly qualified to be able to do something yes. like this and advise you on your product who have so much insight. And if you need help, then you can go, hey, advise, like go to Elsie and Jess, ask them if they know yeah. any specific women or something name. like that. Don't ask us for a to name. Do That's it. what I'm saying. Go to Elsie's name as a, as a name thing. But it's really up to you now to turn it around. Now, I'm going to say that I was called out on this as well. And I was able to advocate because of this. So I was asked to be at a panel. Uh, not for this podcast movement, but the podcast movement before. Okay. And I was going to be moderating this panel of these like amazing CEOs in radio. And we were, they was just given to me, right? You're like, you're the panelist, you're the pet head person, you're moderating. And then this, these are your panelists. Like I had no choice on that at all. I was like, okay, yay. Woohoo. This is an amazing opportunity for me. I've never done this. This is sort of, you know, my visibility, my profile is going higher. Yes. 
um, Sarah created a little graphic for me in the same way that the Squadcast people did with the people's faces and all that stuff. And then I put it out on social media. The first thing that happened was like, oh, look, it's all white women. Oh. And so then, mind you, this, mind you, this is my brand. And the first thought was like, well, I didn't pick it. You know, you immediately defer. You're like, right. no, it's not my fault. I didn't do this. Uh, you know, it's the first thing you do. And that's exactly what I did. I deferred from, to myself quietly. Well, it wasn't my fault. It was about what I was going to write down there. But then I really sat down and I'm like, you know what? It actually, I need to take responsibility on the things that I say yes to. This is a learning experience for me. Mm-hmm. So then I went and I talked to the Jacobs Media people and I was like, hey, this is the feedback that I've been getting on social media would you like to comment? (laughs) Is there something you can do? And it started a conversation, at least from them, not that they were going to change things around because at that time things were really set in stone or whatever. But at that time it was like literally, oh, okay, thank you very much. And it started their wheels turning. It started them to think like, how can we look and outside of our own relationships that we have in radio? There aren't very many women in power positions in radio, like at all. They literally is like one black woman who I think from what I gathered just gave her position up to her uh, son or something. So there is zero executives (laughs) (laughs) that are women of color in radio, like, like zero. And then, so it just brings at least that conversation to the table where you can start that, pay attention to this. This is a learning opportunity. And so it's not about us. Again, it's our job when we get offered these opportunities to look around and just go like, huh, wow. Yeah. Do I really want to be part of this? When she says our, she doesn't mean ours as women. She means ours as people who support women and people of color. And that means that means every conference holder, not just myself and Elsie. It means every panel creator, not just the ones that are done by Elsie. It means every man, every man. You cannot say that because you're a feminist and you're not sexist and you're not racist and you're not homophobic, that this does not apply to you. It is. It applies to you. You either want to support by doing something active or you're not being supportive, period. You can't just sit there and be like, well, someone else, well, like just like what else he did. Well, they, I didn't put the panel together. It's not my fault. I was just asked. No, right. no. Hold them to task. What? I, I'd love to be part of this. Are you going to ask any women? Here's the names of some women. Or if you don't know any, I don't know any. Call Jessica and call Elsie and see if they can offer you any women. Because I I think this is important. But I also think it's important for you to have every voice represented. Or you can just say right now, listening to this, Meh, I don't really give that much of a shit. And yeah, that's fine. Exactly. And that's but then fine don't too. walk and around to- saying that, you totally. are, that you're on the list of guys who don't have this problem. You know, and as I'm, as I'm listening to this... You know, it kind of just this popped into my head and because they are actually really missing a big giant segment of their consumer base. Yes. All right. Because I said the same thing. OK, so in the super squad, someone had come in and said, hey, you know, we have this play and we were using a microphone in the center of the table and it, it doesn't sound good. And my editor can't do anything. And what should we do? And I immediately went in there like a dude. And said, well, you need three mics and a mixer and all this stuff. And I realized she didn't have a lot of money for this. And I was like, well, I don't know how she could do it. And Elsie walked in and said, you know what you do? You pass the mic back around. I was like, well, you big dummy. Why didn't you think of that? 
Because you're a man. No. Well, okay, fine. Yes. That's why. This is why uh, we have the group because you guys just think up the most technical. It's nothing flawed. It's just not the same. Men are wonderful, but they're just different sometimes. In my male defense, I thought it would be easier to have those. I didn't know there was a price. I didn't know there was a... Uh, right. Monetary element. You didn't, element you to didn't that. ask. Right. You just went for she the most ask. technical right. possible response. That's because not true. Because you are a man, and there's nothing. No. Don't defend yourself. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm attacking you by calling you male. There's nothing wrong with that. I love. Man, I've been boy crazy since I was three years old. No, no, I but get they it. They just are. But what I'm saying, there was a fine. different. Yeah, there was a different way of thinking about it that I didn't think of, and Elsie did. So. When you don't have somebody representing women in podcasting with so many women in podcasting, you are really doing a disservice to your brand. This reminds me of something I also feel needs to be said, and I'm seems obvious, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The reason you need diverse voices when making decisions or having advisory boards or speaking is not so that you can check off a diversity box or so that you can say you support women or so that you can say you support people of color or whatever. It's because we're different and we have different thoughts. And it's okay to admit that we're different and it's important to hear different points of view. We've known this since we were very young. We've all decided that dictatorship is not good. That it's good to have a democracy. That's why we allowed women to vote finally. Because it's important that we have a say in stuff. But yet, I think now that it's 2019, they're like, oh, well, you know, they're basically, I think that a lot of people don't realize, like, we have different points of view. It's not a better point of view. It's not a bossier point of view. It's not a controlling point of view. It's not a grouchy point of view. It's just different because Elsie says to pass the mic and John says to get a mixer and three microphones and both answers are correct. But you, if you just hear one of them, you don't get the benefit of the other. That's all it is. There's no malice. There's no conspiracy. Just difference. What's the big fucking deal with being different? But have different opinions. Suck up and just <laughs> ask someone different for their fucking opinion. <laughs> It's not going to kill you. It should only make us stronger for fuck's sake. Yeah. I'm done now. Right. I'm going to bring this down. Okay. Are you really? Are you done? Uh, yeah. You okay no, but, over there? Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to sh- I know look, she's like having a blissed out moment, y'all. She like let it go. Okay, no. So I had a conversation what? with, you know, cuz there's the the what is it? The International Podcast Day? Association? Yeah. Is that right? International yes. po- okay, IPA, so there's an maybe. International Podcast Association, and I was talking to one of our vendors who um, happens to also have uh, some uh, like a Latino descent, right? Um, and we were talking, and I think that he was party to a conversation, or I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I, I really don't want to quote. I'm not even saying who it was because I don't want to like get things wrong here, but this is what I gathered from it, that there was a conversation, a really in-depth conversation for the association where they were really solving, not solving a lot of problems, but really addressing a lot of problems very specifically, like, and, and trying to come up with solutions. And, and there was a very high level conversation, super inspiring and all kinds of stuff, right? Great, awesome, productive conversation. But there was one guy 
in the group who was just kind of sitting back a little bit, not really sharing too much. And so he, he was asked, you don't look particularly like happy <laughs> about what's going on. And mm-hmm. he was just like, well, it's not that I'm not happy. He said, I think that everything that's being talked about here are wonderful solutions, actually, for the stuff. But they only address solutions for the United States. My audience is outside of the U.S. And I mean, good for you guys for doing this stuff, but that doesn't affect our audience at all. And if this is going to be International Podcasting Association or whatever it's called, then I mean, if it's not, that's fine as well. It could be the United States Association, then that's great. But everything that you guys are doing right now only addresses issues for U.S. Interesting. Podcasters. And so that's, again, addressing the same thing that you are bringing forward, Jess, because we do have these intrinsic biases or experiences that only apply to our lived experience. And like making it into a global perspective, you don't know what it's like. I mean, as much as we know how to podcast from our rooms and and there's many things that are the same about podcasters, we really don't know what it takes to podcast from like Venezuela or to talk to podcast from India or to podcast from, you know, Russia. Like we don't know what that's like. And yes, there is a microphone, there's RSS feeds, there's hosting, I'm sure all of those things are the same. But we don't know what the infrastructure is like. We don't know what the how people connect there. We don't know what the media companies are like. We don't know any of that stuff. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to solve all those problems. But in the same way that the United Nations is is a thing, because I hope... <laughs> because our anyway right. but any way that the united nations is a thing is because there are countries like ours who do have more power more money more support more of those things and what the united nations is is to have those countries and those other countries that don't have help together so that everybody can have a little bit of a better experience living in this planet that's what it is for this international like podcast association thing we need to be able to ask people who have a solid infrastructure for podcasting and systems that are both in sponsorship in you know hardware software uh, product development uh, all of those things we need to also be able to understand that there's countries out there who don't have all that and they don't right. have access to it right. so just addressing it it's diverse and it's gonna only help us all solve the problems better anyway thank you <laughs> thank you for coming to our ted talk yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah i don't even know uh, we're exhausted now we're exhausted, we're exhausted from schooling all the people that need to be schooled and i'm sure oh. those of you listening who have been doing it all along we feel you we i know you're exhausted too and we're sorry um <laughs> But it was a great conference. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, my God. But alas, come to our conference. It's so fun. Yeah, everything was great. We are finally, I think, coming down. I told John before you got on like that I, I got so used to being in like emergency work mode and constantly producing, producing, producing that for the last two days, I've just been carrying my laptop in my shoulder, like wandering around <laughs> like a lost dog. <laughs> I think I have to design a program or 
is the t-shirt done or yeah <laughs> like i just i don't yeah. even know what to do with myself like and i know elsie and i were talking about this yesterday and she was like this is a time for like writing ideas down but like i'm still i still feel a little it's almost like having a concussion i felt a lot of the time when i was there and after sort of stupid like it took all the brain out of me and i have zero left this is why people go on a vacation i think afterwards like i need to so that they don't have to be like i should just take a cruise so i have no access to the outside world because that's, i think that's the only way to like get your brain back like i'm right. it's like it's like the nerves are fizzling you know and i have nothing to do with them yeah it's like i just came down and i just um started working right away and it was like yeah, a too. really great it was a really great transition in a in this way the fact that I didn't have to like the like the emotional commitment or emotional like stakes like were were so high and it's like all the things. But then when I came back, I could just go like, okay, what are we going to post on social media tomorrow? Yeah. You know, it was so. Yeah. So low stakes, so mundane that it was delightful. Yeah. (laughs) It's like. Oh, I pulled my iPad out last night and started making art out of some of the speaker photos. Oh, yeah. And that was so it was also delightful because I was just like, I can just make something pretty because our background was kind of interesting and I can like swirl it in with the paint swirls and stuff. So um, that was fun. And then um, there's also all these other like I wanted to read a couple books and like clean out my closet and do some stuff that I've been going to the doctor and I've not done any of it this week because it's, I'm telling you, I'm just like, what needs done? What has to be done? Right. It's almost like PTSD, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause you think that somebody's going to be like, you missed the deadline. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And you're like, wait, what deadline? Oh my for? God. Yeah. So like, it's not even that I'm not waiting to be surprised. I just, I got so used to doing it that I don't know. I just don't know what to do with myself now. I'm going to have to retool my entire life. I have to make room to exercise and like eat, shower. All those things have gone by the wayside. All those things that that I well, used to do so long ago, back in <laughs> August. <laughs> back in August when I showered and ate. I miss those days. Okay, so before we hang up on you on our weekly phone call to the world, <laughs> I wanted to let you know about my coaching program, something I very rarely have ever do and may never do again. I am going to walk some very lucky clients through the whole sponsorship process and do all the done for you stuff with you. So the way it works is we will have a one-on-one call and we will talk about your show and then three group calls and then a full day workshop in Orlando. But here's what you're going to get. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through your media kit and build it together. We're going to build ad packages. We're going to get emails written and follow-up emails for you to pitch sponsors and then follow up with them. We're going to give you an ad contract specifically for podcasters and advertisers and customized to all your information. And we're going to find the leads together. I'll show you exactly where to get leads and the people you need to talk to for your sponsors. And then the full day, this is going to be for November through January, February. And then in March, the day before PodFest, I'm going to do a full day workshop where I take you through the sales training, how to actually sell sponsorship so that, you know, up until that point, we've been talking about your show and your customized needs, but there are some basics that people need to know. For example, how does it work? What is the advertiser responsible for? What happens if somebody makes a mistake with the ad? 
what what if they ask the difference between podcast advertising and radio? All that stuff's going to be answered in the workshop, the sales part. Leading up to that, we're going to be getting you ready to sell your podcast. All of that. And then as a bonus, you get a VIP ticket to PodFest and a VIP ticket to next year's She Podcast Live 2020. Woohoo! Um, if you want to learn more about it, you can first email me just at shepodcast.com, but also go to podcastmoneymakers.com. That's what it's called. Podcast Money Makers. And, um, and let's do it. I would like to do all the one-on-one calls early November and then no- later November, not Thanksgiving, but you know, later November. We do the first call and then we do another one in January, another one in February. You'll have assignments and stuff to do. We'll have a Facebook group where you can access me at any time. So it's like part personal coaching part group coaching part in-person coaching it's all the things because i like all the things so yes you do sign up with me podcastmoneymakers.com it's going to be really fun and i can only take a certain number of people so if you're interested in this please go to the website check it out let me know if you have any questions and just to let you know guys um you know when she said that she may not do this again like that she's not like doing like a you know how people say, like, you have to like scarcity. You got to do about scarcity. No, no, she really, honestly, I don't think she's going to do it. I don't know if I'm going to do it again. <laughs> it's like, not because like, I don't enjoy it, but just because <laughs> I, I, the event really did take up a lot of my time. And if I, I can't coach and plan an event, it's hard. But I do want to get this information out of my head and into some of your heads. So yes. that's my goal is to like give you my time, walk you through some things, let you see success, sell your own ads. I know it works because I did it with the ad agency a lot. Like I had my own podcast ad agency. I used this tactic. I sold lots and lots and lots and lots of ads. Hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of ads. But I want it to work for shows that can sell themselves. You don't need an agent. You don't need to wait till you have 10,000 downloads. You can do it now just like I do it now for our show. We don't get anywhere near 10,000 downloads an episode. And we make, what, like $1,000 a month for our advertising. Mm -hmm. So you can totally do that too. Yep, podcastmoneymakers.com. Elsie, do you want to talk about anything? No, dude. Okay, great. I'm done. I'm I'm done. Yeah. Elsie's done. John, are you feeling I'm done. Clients? I'm done. The done E-League too? is on its way. I, you know, <laughs> the E-League's on. Okay, great. John? <laughs> like, Audioeditingsolutions.com. Uh, there's okay. a contact form there. Fill it out if you need anything. Also, if you're having problems, sound problems, and you need somebody to come on and over the internet help you fix a hum, buzz... Or just set up your mic the right way. He's done that for me, too. Yes. Uh, I'm available for that. Right on, right on. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to She Podcasts. You you can find us on the internet at ShePodcast.com. You can always find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at ShePodcast. Go follow us there right now for Pete's sake. And then you can email us feedback at ShePodcast.com. If you have anything to say about today's episode, and I have a funny feeling, some of you will. Mm -hmm. You can Oh, you can email feedback at ShePodcast.com to be able to do that. You can send your audio feedback. That's super cool. That's not a big deal. Yeah, you can send audio too. Yep. Thank you guys so much for listening. Love you. Mean it. Bye.